sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Oh, yeah, it's that time. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Are you guys ready for football? Me neither. It's June. That being said, we're going to start our prep, getting ready for football right here in the month of June. And I'm bringing in a guy today, Brad Powers. I haven't had him on, I think, since the end of college football season. Brad is a legitimate college football expert. He's going to share his knowledge, what he's learned this offseason. Bet on teams, bet against teams. We're going to talk about all the major conferences, coordinator hires, coaching hires, spring football. Yeah, if you're ready for some football, if you're jonesing for some football, you come to the right place. This next hour, largely devoted to the state of football coming in. And I want to open up talking about a couple of things that stand out to me. And I'm going to open up with a little baseball talk. <laughs> Please forgive me because we're trying to bring up a concept here that I want you guys to be familiar with. I do MLB house cleaning, and I do house cleaning whatever sport that I am uh, doing at least once a month. Where I'm going to go through, analyze my records on or against various teams, figure out who I'm having success with, who I'm not having success with, teams, pitchers. I do this in the NBA. I do this uh, in uh, the NFL. I do this in college football. I do this in college hoops. You want to have an accurate representation of the type of bets that are winning for you in any given year. So I started doing my MLB recap. Obviously, the month has turned to June. It's time to get that done. And I was I got caught up with something that I thought was interesting, and I wanted to talk about it here. We're in June. We're a third of the way through the season. I've only bet on 21 of the 30 MLB teams this year. I've only bet against 23 of the 30 teams this year. And I'm like, is that weird? So I started going back and looking. How many teams is it normal for me to be on? And I'm not a huge action player, okay? I'm not a guy that's going to make 10 bets on a given day in any sport, certainly not in MLB. Most days, one, two, three bets in baseball. You know, occasionally we go more, but really, uh, the vast majority of days, I'm going to have three bets or less in MLB. So here we are. We're, you know, a third of the way through the campaigns. And one, two, three bets a day. I've still only bet on 21 teams. I only bet against 23 of them. And I started asking myself, is this normal? Is this weird? Is this what I do? I went back and looked. It is pretty normal. <laughs> you know, at the end of the season in college football, half the teams I haven't touched have bet on them or against them. In the NFL, there's going to be a handful of teams every year I didn't bet on once or against once. Even in the NBA, with an 82-game season, and I'm pretty active in the NBA, you know, uh, over the first two months of the campaign, I still I didn't have a bet on Miami in the first two months of the NBA season, none on Dallas, none on Detroit, all of which were good choices. <laughs> Not to have bets on any of those teams. They were all awful against the spread early. I don't have money on New Orleans for the first two months uh, of the NBA season. So to say, all right, I haven't bet on or against Team X all year. It's not that weird. Regardless of what sport, you're going to bet the teams you're successful with, the teams you have a good read on. Regardless of the sport, you're going to bet on whoever you think the value teams are 
right now. And that may well exclude certain teams. You might not find the spot to bet against a particular squad. There are teams that you just don't have a good read on. Teams that you lose with or have lost with. (laughs) The goal is not, all right, I want to have a great read on every team in every league. That's not realistic. It's not possible. What you want to do is focus on the teams that you've got the good reads on. The teams that you're feeling what they're feeling. Those are the teams you're going to be betting on or against far more than teams. Well, I've been an Orioles game in a while. Let's get an Orioles game in. No. (laughs) You know, the teams you're winning with, you should continue to ride until you stop winning with them. The teams you're winning, betting against, same story. As the season progresses and as things change and as value rises and falls, there's always going to be opportunities to get involved with teams that you haven't done much with yet. But at this stage of the campaign, even if there's a whole handful of teams you haven't bet on or against once, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, I just thought it was something interesting to talk about that you guys might be able to benefit from. It's not about having reads on every team. It's about having good reads on a handful of teams. One more thing I want to talk about here at the Open. I want to talk about Tom Brady buying the Raiders or in theory, buying a piece of the Raiders with the Davis family. I live here in Las Vegas where the Raiders are the home team. I will tell you this. Among Raider fans, there is no greater arch enemy to this day than Tom Brady. The tuck rule game. We remember it. You remember it. I remember that started the whole Tom Brady thing was the tuck rule game. That also potentially cost the Raiders, who were the best team in the league, a chance to go to the Super Bowl that year. So now Tom Brady, who has moved to Vegas and he's got a whole lot of money that he wants to invest and the Raiders sure could use someone with deep pockets to invest money (laughs) with them. And of course, the Raiders also have a quarterback in Jimmy G who, A, has worked with Brady before and B, is hurt already again. (laughs) This Brady thing to the Raiders is fascinating. I don't think it's good for Oakland to Oakland. I don't think it's good for Vegas if he plays. I don't think it's good for Vegas, the fan base here, if he buys in. But that's what they're talking about right now. Brad Powers talking college football coming up next. Cover it continues after this brief stick around commercial message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The early bird gets the worm. That's one of those expressions we've heard since we were a kid. You know, it's uh, an idiom that's ubiquitous. In the English language. When it comes to sports betting, there is more than a nugget of truth in the early bird gets the worm. Because there are lines out there in May and June that ain't going to be there in August and September. Our guest today, Brad Powers, is a guy who is, I don't even know, I want to hype him and I feel like I'm going to overhype him, but it doesn't matter. This guy understands the betting markets for college football. The bets he makes, the numbers he gets in May and June are numbers that literally nobody else in the world is going to get. He's an originator. He's making the bets off the openers, 
not waiting for what other people think. And oh, by the way, Brad Powers is going to share his thoughts on college football with us right here, right now. Give us bet on teams, bet against teams, stuff we're not even thinking about. Brad's already done his homework, and he's ready to drop some nuggets of wisdom. Mr. Powers, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining me here. Um, As always, thank thanks you. for having me, Teddy. Uh, appreciate it. I know the football season's getting closer whenever I talk to you. Yeah, no doubt. So, just so you know, last year I had Brad on right around this time. I went back and looked at my show notes from last year. It was right around this time, the beginning of June. And here are some of the nuggets that he dropped. He's like, Utah's underrated. Bet him over eight and a half wins. That team's good. Bet against Arizona State. They got bombed in the transfer portal. Look out for the new coordinator hire at Washington State. Oh, by the way, that guy at Texas Tech, McGuire, he's real good. That was his top four opinions, all four of them. They couldn't have been more spot on. <laughs> all right? They really couldn't have. And we're going to see how many more opinions we can get of him today. But this is what I want to ask you, Brad. We're in June. The people who are just starting college football now, they're already behind the curve when it comes to getting the best bets you can possibly get in this sport. Talk to me about what you do in the spring, what you've done over the last couple of months that the average capper doesn't do, because it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, uh, it's When you're talking 133 teams, I mean, that's basically like, I mean, your four major sports. Uh, you're talking NHL, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. I mean, that, that's as many as those four sports combined. So it is a task. But uh, what have I done? Uh, I'm not sure that the average cappers want, uh, watch 61 spring games like I did. Uh, so I did sit down <laughs> and literally watch, take notes on 61 spring games. That's one thing. Two would be I – I don't rely on everybody else's returning production and returning starters info. I do it myself. I print off the stat packs from last year, print up the depth charts, literally go to a current roster because of the transfer portal and whatnot. I want to do it myself. So I literally hand do it, look up every single guy on the roster and whether or not they're coming back. So that's one thing. And I'll give you the third thing, Teddy. I'll tell you what I'm doing in the spring, believe it or not. I'm betting. Uh, I'm over 200 bets already, and it's June 2nd. <laughs> and I'd be willing to bet that of those 200 bets you've made, what's a realistic percentage? 150 of them are going to be the best number in the world, and another 20 of them are going to be better than the closing number, or 25 of them? I mean, of those 200 bets, how many of them are still available now, would you say? At the same number <laughs> Uh, at None. the same exact number that I have? I mean, the win totals might still be there, but a different juice, so... Yeah, I would say out of those 200, oh, my goodness, uh, maybe 30 or 40 uh, of the exact same number or less. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you talk about closing line value. This is the very definition. The definition of closing line value is betting college football in May and June, you know, April, May, and June. Because if you're paying attention, you're going to beat the closing number. And I love what you talked about when you said that you, you don't trust anyone else's returning starter data. I do a lot of this in the NFL. All right, I spend, I'll pay a ton of attention to last year's strength of schedule and this year's strength of schedule because that's a huge factor when it comes to NFL and win totals. And I go through my power ratings for every opponent that a team faced the week they faced them. 
what I determine is a true strength of schedule from a year ago, and that allows me to have a proper starting place for that team in the offseason markets, uh, which doesn't devalue the schedule they faced a year ago. When you do that type of work yourself, returning starters or, uh, or uh, uh, strength of schedule, you're going to get numbers, create numbers that are going to be different from the market numbers. When you've looked at those returning starter numbers compared to some of the other things that are out there, are your numbers way off compared to some of the other folks? Because I know when it comes to strength of schedule stuff, there are times I see someone else says this team's top 10 strength of schedule last year. I'm like, no, they didn't. They had a bottom five. <laughs> you know, real differences. Do you see that with the returning starter angle? Oh, yeah, uh, especially early on. Well, I, I'd like to think that my numbers are correct. So as we move towards, you know, the middle of the summer and end of summer, I tend to see those people, you know, correct their returning numbers that more coincide with my numbers. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'll tell you just generally speaking, I, I am looking for, you know, more production than I am starters. So, I mean, if you told me that the guy that started all 12 games at running back but wasn't the leading rusher, he departs, but the guy that was the leading rusher, and then, the, you know, the, the third guy as far as the rushing stats. So if you got 65 to 70% of your rushing stats back, I count that as a returning starter. So I, I look at it a little differently. But, yeah, I, I found quite a few teams that I thought, you know, some of the sources out there, uh, I mean, had like a team like a bottom 10 in returning production. I'm like, this team should be, you know, in the top 50. So off significantly. And what does that do to a power rating? That might, I mean, a team that's bottom 10 in returning uh, experience to average or above average might move a power rating four or five points. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's some value to be had there. What team? What team? <laughs> you remember offhand? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was Georgia State. What was, uh, I mean, Bill Connolly's the guy. And look, he does really good work. I incorporate a lot of his stuff into my own, but you got I still got to double check and look at everything. Georgia State was in his bottom 10 on his February returning production rankings. And, uh, I, I even tweeted and said, hey, th th this just doesn't look right to me. They return their quarterback. They return uh, the, the, their leading rusher. Uh, they have a lot of guys back. And lo and behold, they went from number 132 in the returning production rankings, and they jumped like 30 or 40 spots uh, when he just updated it here in, in, a, in a, couple of, a couple of days ago. At Brad Power 7 on Twitter. And you haven't been shy about getting some of these Twitter wars. Um, you know, you're certainly someone that is willing – to uh to uh punch it up a little bit and again most of it is, feels to be like to me like it's uh, like it's in good nature and you're you're you know, you're jousting with uh, with your friends but uh talk to me about your Twitter presence a little bit uh, when it comes to college football because again there's so much bad info out there I'm sure it frustrates you yeah I mean a lot of it I would hope that people think it's friendly jabs I'm not sure that everybody takes it that way but you know, I try to put people in their place, and a certain one was, a, I think, a Tennessee power rating that I thought was off. I, look, we can all have different. Oh, the Tennessee-Toledo game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't have Toledo favored over Tennessee, which would be off-market three touchdowns. But that's, you know, so I point out stuff like that. Yeah, and look, especially when it comes to off-season power ratings, we all make mistakes, and nobody's going to have perfect numbers going into week one. That said... You can't have to leave, you know, uh, if, if something's off by a couple of touchdowns, it's probably worth noting. Real quick, Brad, before the break, spring football. You said you watched 61 games. What do we learn from spring football? Is there any substance to it? 
Yeah, so you're not looking – look, you got vanilla game plans during the game, so I'm not looking at X's and O's or anything like that. I'm looking for players. I'm more scouting, you know. I'm looking what, what, what kind of size they have up front on the defense side of the ball. I mean, the most important thing, I'm looking at quarterbacks. Who, who can throw a football? I mean, can a guy manage an offense <laughs> and move the team up and down the field? So, And with the transfer portal and whatnot, Teddy, I mean, who, who I got to see who's actually playing on that team. So that's why I watch them. Sure, and it makes perfect sense. And we're going to get Brad's thoughts on teams that improved in the transfer portal, good coaching hires, good coordinator hires, bet on, bet against teams, college football, center stage, cover it, continues after this brief commercial message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers. Sirius XM, channel 159. We are breaking down, and we're not just talking a little bit of college football. We're going deep into college football. First weekend of June. Why? Because there are bettable numbers now. You can take advantage of them now, or you can wait until the week before kickoff uh, and get three points the worst of it on every game that we're going to talk about. (laughs) Real simple. The early bird gets the worm when it comes to football betting. It's the truth of it, and that's why we're talking with Brad powers today. And I'm telling you guys, one of the things I really try to do on cover it with Teddy covers is bring in guests who really bet Brad powers. The guy who bets at a professional level, this guy has lived it in the trenches here in Las Vegas for the better part of the last decade and a half. And I'm excited to pick his brain right now. I already take notes when he's talking, Brad, Let's talk about off-season moves. Let's talk about coaching hires and coordinator hires. Who stands out to you as being a particularly good hire or maybe a particularly bad hire? You can use head coaches. You can use offense coordinators. You can use defense coordinators. Wherever you want to go, talk to me about some coaching changes that you approve of and some maybe not so much. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know we were going to go head coaches. I'll give you one that's a big-time negative. Uh, head coaches, I am not buying Trent Dilfer at UAB. Not at all. I'm just to think of what that culture was under Bill Clark, basically reviving that program and winning immediately to say, hey, we don't want that anymore, any of that culture anymore. Uh, we want to go with a guy that's never coached at the college level. Uh, he's only been a high school coach, and then he hired guys that had never been coordinator experience at this level. We want that. Sign us up for that. We're not interested in going to bowl games and winning conference championships anymore. I think that's an abysmal hire for UAB. Trent Dilfer, not buying a big name, but uh, I don't think there's any substance to that whatsoever. Uh, yeah, and I know, coordinators. It, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, let's talk coordinators. Sorry, I, I know that I, in my notes I didn't send head coaches, but I figured I'd throw it out there. If there's someone that stood out to you, and one of them did <laughs> in terms of Dilfer oh, and UAB. Yeah. And, yeah, and well, certainly when you talk about a, a team that was at a program, that was as well managed and coached over the last, you know, since their revival as any program in the country. Yeah, there may be a drop off there. I wouldn't argue with that. Yeah. Talk about some Big coordinators. Yeah, coordinators, I'll give you three. So I'll go OCDC and then a, a smaller school coordinator hire that I think is going to be good. So starting off with the offense coordinator, Clemson, 
Look, there, there's some worry that Dabo Sweeney only hires from within. He was afraid to go from the outside. That They've been struggling on offense the last couple of years. So I think this was kind of a surprise. He went out and got one of the, the hottest offense coordinator names out there. You might have heard of him. Uh, he's Lincoln Riley's brother. His name is Garrett Riley. He was the offense coordinator at TCU last year. That They seemed to do okay on the offensive side of the ball. So the fact that he went outside – the Clemson quote-unquote family and hired a big name at offensive coordinator. I look for the Tigers to be improved on the offensive side of the ball. That was a great hire there. Yeah, they certainly underachieved on the offensive side of the football last year. Um, not that they had a bad season, many stretch of the imagination. They still finished uh, with 11 wins, but they also had three losses, and that's a lot <laughs> for Clemson in the modern era. And the offense was hit or miss. We'll just leave it at that. They were not one of the top two scoring teams, not of the top three scoring. They were, I think, the fourth highest scoring team in the ACC, which is not what we're used to seeing from Clemson. So Lincoln Riley, is that his kid brother or his big brother, you know? Lincoln Riley's brother? Uh, younger brother, yep. Yeah, so Lincoln Riley's kid brother is a good coordinator hire for Clemson. Who else stands out to you? Let's go to the defense. Now, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, you're buying stock in this hire for this season because I'm worried about the personnel. But I'm buying this kid, and he is a kid. He's still in his late 20s. I, I think this is a name to know, uh, and his name is Austin Armstrong. He's a new defensive coordinator for Florida. Saban picked him up this offseason to be his linebacker coach. He was a Southern Miss defense coordinator. Did a good job there. They were much improved over the last couple of years. Uh, but, you know, Florida ha had a late defensive coordinator change, went out and, and took him from uh, Alabama. So, and then watching the spring game, I just like how this kid, for a, a kid in his late 20s, operates. Uh, I just think he's a, a future star in, in this industry, Austin Armstrong for Florida. Not that I'm saying, you know, Florida's going to have a great defense because I'm worried about the personnel, but, man, keep that in your back pocket. That, that kid, I would expect that, to be a, a, that kid to be a head coach within five, six years. That's a name to remember, Austin Armstrong, the new defense coordinator for the Florida Gators. Brad says the personnel issues might be too much to overcome this year, but it's a defense point in the right direction. And you want to buy stock in a DC, Austin Armstrong, a guy to look at. You talked about a third coordinator hire from a smaller school that stood out to you. Who's that? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it local. Uh, I'm gonna go UNLV. I really love their offense coordinator hire. Uh, another young kid, Brennan Marion, who actually, even though he's only 35 has some experience, has been a coordinator for multiple years at different programs. And if you don't you know, know him too well, he did come in, if you follow college football, he was the offensive coordinator for a team, Howard, that came into UNLV in Las Vegas, the opener for 2017 season, as a 45, I didn't misspeak there, 45-point underdog beats UNLV outright, mainly due to that offense that he was running and calling plays for. Very unique hire. Uh, as far as his style of play, he calls it the go-go offense. They run up tempo. There's triple option principles, spread principles. Watched it in the spring game. I think he'll be a superstar as far as uh, offensive coordinator down the road here in the next few years. So I'm not going to time burgle and talk about UNLV too much. Because <laughs> I know UNLV is <laughs> not a national power. And many uh, of our listeners, you know, when I think about UNLV football, you don't think of anything since Randall Cunningham, <laughs> which was... A long, long, long time ago. But UNLV's lined at six wins this year. New head coach Barry Odom is a coach. They haven't made a lot of hires like this in recent years. Odom's a guy who's been around the block in the SEC and now is coaching 
uh, here in Las Vegas. If you were making a bet on the Rebels' win total, again, this team's won more than six games once in the last 20 years. Is this year <laughs> going to be the second time? Uh, six, I think, is the right number. As you know me, Teddy, I found some different numbers out there. I bet under six and a half. I think big difference getting from six to seven, obviously. Uh, I got to see it. Even though I, I'm really high on the hire and think it's, it was the right decision, but even though it was a shocking decision to fire Marcus Arroyo, I think it's an upgrade. But, man, uh, the schedule's not easy. I mean, non-conference, you got Michigan and Vanderbilt. Uh, and a tough game at UTEP. I, I, I think they're 6-16, six and 16, which is great for UNLV. They've only been to two bowl games the last quarter century. Yeah, and the last bowl game they went to, the one they faced North Texas, was one of the biggest bets I've ever made, <laughs> literally, in that ball game. Uh, it was one of the early, it was an early bowl game, and the Rebels had basically no one in the athletic department that had ever been uh, taking a team to a bowl game before. And every quote I read was, uh, I'll phrase this politely, it was a cluster. <laughs> and North Texas yeah. was playing a home game, and they were laying like a touchdown. I'm like, this is stupid. They're going to kill them. Um, and they did. And they uh, did. So I would love to see UNLV make another bowl game, so maybe we'll get another chance to make a big bet against them like that. That was a – the, when those opportunities come around, Brad, you know, they're nice. You remember them years and years later. You got a story like that that you can think of? I remember the losers more than the winners, Teddy. I remember the Belk Bowl uh, with, with Duke blowing the, the big cover and outright win over Cincinnati. Yeah, we all remember the Belk Bowl, dude. And we all <laughs> And that's one, I mean, for some reason, I don't watch every bowl game. I really don't. You know, I watch a lot of them, but I don't watch all of them. I was in action on that game. I watched it like a hawk. It was the right side the whole way. They're going in to win. And next thing you know, you're like, what the just happened? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you hate covering for 59 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, or no, actually, it was uh, 59 minutes. If you remember, there was a there was a, uh, a 90-something yard pick six and then another interception that led to another touchdown. And instead of uh, them winning straight up, Duke winning straight up, they ended up losing by double digits. It's one of those bowl bad beats that has stuck around <laughs> the belt pull. Uh, we all remember it. Uh, yeah, I remember it too. The bet you don't have any good ones that stick in your head. You made some good big bets. I know you have. Yeah, you know my favorite one last year was I thought the the national championship was mispriced. The money line was off like a hundred cents uh, plus at one book. So one of my biggest bets of last year was Georgia money line. I know that makes me sound like a you know a, oh wow it, it doesn't take much to bet Georgia money line. But when you think it's mispriced, a hundred plus cents you do. Yeah, I enjoyed that night very, very much. Um, so let's start getting to some conferences. We got about 90 seconds for the break. And let's just, I want an opinion, a bet on opinion, a bet against opinion, both. Give me one or two teams you're highlighting. Um, but being that we have just a minute before the break, let's just talk one team in the ACC right here. Who stands out to you as someone you want to bet on or bet against? Yeah, let's go uh, Louisville. Bet on. For, I, I love the, the Brom hire. I think he's a perfect guy for that job. I think Louisville is a program. I don't think people understand the money and the backing that they have behind them. A lot of money, to, to be perfectly frank. And maybe they went out and got and used, utilized some of that money because they got a top 10 transfer class, 25 transfers. I liked a lot what I saw from those transfers in the spring game. I just think they upgraded a coach. And even though it's a first-year coach, look, and when you hit it, hit it out of the park in the portal, like LSU and USC last year, you can win immediately. And this is a Louisville team, in my opinion, Teddy, that 
you know, yes, they're not up there with Clemson and Florida State, but they would be right there below those teams in the ACC. Yeah, Louisville finished 4-4 four and four in conference last year, 8-5 and five overall. We'll call it a good year compared to where they had been in recent seasons. But nonetheless, we talked to Louisville fans at the end of the season last year. They were at least a little bit disappointed. They thought they might be a notch or two better. Brad Power says this year could be that year. Louisville Cardinals bet on. Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC. We're just getting started. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're on your TV. We're on your radio. We're on your phone. Go to Twitter and give us a follow. At SportsGrid. At SportsGrid TV. At SportsGrid Radio. And stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV, at SportsGrid Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow today's guest, Brad Powers, on Twitter at Brad Powers 7. Again, at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. And Brad has been kind enough to share his college football knowledge of what work he's done already in college football. And we're on to the portion of the program we're talking about potential bet on and bet against teams for this coming campaign. We're talking ACC with Louisville as a bet on. Is there a bet against team in the ACC that you've got highlighted or should move on to another conference, Brad? No, it's Virginia. Uh, Obviously, you know, suffered some tragic losses at the end of last season. They cut their season short. Uh, generally speaking, I'm not a big fan of their head coach, Tony Elliott. I think he's in over his head. He enters his second year. Do not like the talent level whatsoever. I mean, they're going to start an FCS kid as their starting quarterback, and he wasn't even a great FCS quarterback. So, And, and if you don't believe me, also believe the market. I mean, Virginia opens up against Tennessee, and even though they're a power five school, quote-unquote, they're a four-touchdown underdog in week one. Sure. I mean, the Cavs coming off a one-and-six campaign in the Coastal uh they scored 170 points last year. Compare that. Again, same conference. North Carolina at 482. Florida State at 469. Wake at 469. Clemson at 465. And Virginia at 170 for the full season. Offensive issues start to finish. Brad says this is a program headed in the wrong direction. And correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. In college football, my uh, rule of thumb is it's really hard to make money with bad teams. Do you agree with that? No, you're right. Mm. Yeah, no, you're mm. right. If you took the bottom 10 teams and, you know, and faded them, uh, I'm not saying it's 65%, but uh, uh, let's just say uh, you'd probably make a little bit of money if you just blindly bet against them. Yeah, you can make money in the NBA sometimes betting on bad teams. You can make money plus the points. You can make money in the NFL sometimes on bad teams that are playing competitively plus the points. College football. The bottom feeders, they're one-way teams for me. If I'm playing them, I tend to be betting against them. Let's talk some Big Ten. Now, the ACC, Louisville bet on, Virginia bet against. Big Ten, give me a bet on, give me a bet against. Go to town. Who do I want to be putting my money on? Who's an undervalued commodity coming into the 2023 campaign? 
Yeah, I'll stay with the – I mean, everyone knows the known commodities in the Big Ten East, so I'll go west in the West Division. On team is actually Minnesota for me. I think everyone's talking Wisconsin with the new hire, Fickle. Everyone's excited there. I think there could be some growing pains there in the first year. Uh, and Minnesota, to me, but, you know, it's been pretty consistent under P.J. Fleck. I actually like their quarterback, Kaliak Manis. I, I, I like what I saw in the spring game. They got a couple transfers that should help out the receiving game for them. Uh, so they are a bet on team. I bet over six and a half wins. You could still find that. It might be heavily juiced, but I like Minnesota there. And in the West, the bet against team for me is actually Iowa. I think this is it for Kirk Ferentz's final year. There's distractions off the field with the gambling scandal. The athletic director has resigned. There's stipulations about his son, his offensive coordinator. They have to average 25 points per game or he's fired. Just too much off-field issues for me to, to want to buy into Iowa. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this is what I want from your prediction. Does Iowa get to that 25 points per game, yes or no? <laughs> it's going to be tough. I mean, it's yeah. not a slam dunk. Uh, they, got, they got some easy games early on that they might put, and this will be a good gambling nugget. Uh, for, for once, if they can put on a touchdown on somebody, obviously they're going to try to do so in that conference play. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Iowa has not usually been a let's beat them to a pulp type of team in these non-conference games. But this year could be different <laughs> with the coach's son as coordinator. His job is on the line. How about the Big 12? Obviously, big changes coming for the Big 12. Big changes coming in the college football landscape but mostly for the 2024 season, not so much here in 2023. What are you seeing Big 12-wise in terms of bet on or bet against teams? Yeah, I'm going to follow it up with the same team I used last year. I think I'm going to continue to buy, buy them because I, I don't think they're getting enough national publicity. It's Texas Tech. Love the Joey McGuire hire. I uh, liked what I saw. I ended up, that was one that I got right last year. I'm going to continue to be right, in my opinion. I bet over their win total. I think this is a program. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma are the two best teams as far as the power rating goes coming into the season. But if there's a team that can make a run, like we saw for Kansas State and TCU in this conference uh, last year, I think this year would be Texas Tech. I know they lose a stud on the defensive line, but I'm here to tell you they got two or three more guys waiting in the wings. Uh, got good size. Quarterback play should be fine. Texas Tech is the bet on team for me. Red Raiders says offer value. And again, from a point spread perspective, this team was dynamite. Uh, for the first two months of last year. And Brad says the market's still undervaluing Texas Tech. And they didn't have a great November. They didn't have a great stretch run uh, last year, which may be a good thing for Red Raiders supporters this year. Anyone stand out in the Big 12 as a team you want to fade? Yeah, believe it or not, it's Kansas. I think they're getting overvalued because uh, they made that big jump last year, and then they had the number one returning production in, in the country this year. I just think, you know, they benefited – from the fact it's Kansas. So now they're not going to be overlooked <laughs> by any of their opponents. Uh, and I thought they overachieved last year, to say the least. So I think there's a little bit of regression. Not that I'm not a fan of Lance Leopold. I think he's great. I like the returning experience. I just think nobody's going to overlook this Kansas team whatsoever. So because of that, I, I bet under six and a half on Kansas. Under six and a half wins. And again, Kansas was a team that for early on last year, from a point spread perspective, they attracted a lot more attention than they've attracted in the last decade or so. Yeah. Came back to earth uh, down the stretch of the campaign. But Brad says it's still a program with a fair few holes. Again, when you talk about the ideal roster, there's depth everywhere. Kansas, they get some injuries. There's no depth <laughs> to replace those injured 
by that injured production. Let's go out to the West Coast, talk some Pac-12. Who stands out to you as a bet-on team for these late-night West Coast bailout specials? So this is a team that I probably have the biggest uh, position on as far as win totals, week one and whatnot, and it's California. I'm buying into California uh, for a multitude of reasons. Number one, they really hit the portal hard, and I don't think they're getting, you know, the publicity like a Colorado has in the portal. California, a top ten transfer class, in my opinion, and actually hit a bunch of guys even after spring, some key guys, you know, a couple starters that they poached from group of five conferences but the the one transfer to keep an eye on is that quarterback they get a tcu kid by the name of sam jackson who's a dynamic athlete can run and throw cal hasn't had a dynamic athlete at quarterback it's one of the big major reasons why they're three and 12 in their last 15 games decided by a touchdown or less the other problem with that was conservative play calling on offense well, they hired a guy, the Texas State head coach, who's, a, who's not a head coach, but he's a good, solid co- a coordinator. So they're going to run some tempo. I think they're going to be more aggressive. Love Cal this year. Yeah, well, I don't want to ever see Chase Gabers again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk uh, bet against in the Pac-12. Anyone stands out for you? Yeah, Stanford is the bet against team. I think they're the worst power five team in the country. Even though I like their hire that they made, just no, there's nothing coming back. David Shaw left uh, an empty cupboard. Uh, six returning starters. They're in the bottom two or three in the entire country as far as returning production. They're doing completely different uh, you know, styles of play offensively and defensively. This is a year zero situation, so to speak, where I think they only win a couple games. So Stanford's bet against. I'm so... Uh, so- I thought I knew what you were going to say there. I thought you were going to tell say the Colorado, but it feels like everyone wants to bet against Colorado. Am I wrong? Well, I have. I mean, it's just those numbers are long gone. So, I mean, <laughs> I, you talk about a couple of numbers I have in the world nobody else has. I have Colorado under five and a half wins. So, I love that ticket. I wish I could have bet, you know, a, a car on something like that. <laughs> no doubt. That, again, when you talk about closing line value, that one stands out. I'm going to talk about at the close of the show how much a half a season win is worth in juice when it comes to college football. I'll give you a hint. Colorado under <laughs> under five and a half wins. Uh, what that? What's, what's that? Probably minus 500 would be a real, you know, minus 400. There's um, a realistic number for that particular wager. One last conference to talk about. We're doing the major conferences today. If I have Brad back, we'll do the minor conferences then. But today, let's talk a little SEC. Who stands out to you as a bet on or a bet against team? out of the top football conference in the country. So I like the defending West champs. I think they continue to progress. I, I know they were fortunate to get to the, the, the SEC championship game a year ago, but this year's team is much better than last year's team, that being LSU. Like what they got returning. I like that Jaden Daniels is back at quarterback. He finally put on 10, 15 pounds. Been waiting for his entire career back there, the Arizona State days to do that. Uh, they were just, look, watching the spring game, Again, I'm not necessarily looking for X's and O's. What I did like was this is a button-up program. They're very business-like. Did not see that necessarily under Les Miles and Ed Orgeron. So uh, they're buttoned up under Brian Kelly. I mean, there's not many weaknesses on this team. They hit a home run again, second year in a row in the portal. I like LSU. Yeah, and Brian Kelly, I mean, the one thing that we can say with confidence is that he runs a tight program. We've seen that since his days at Central Michigan, before he went to Cincinnati, before he went to Notre Dame. The organizational standpoint, you know, has been very, very good 
for any team that's had Brian Kelly as their head coach. Any team we're looking to bet against in the SEC? I think it's the first time I've said this in 15 years. Alabama, Uh-oh. not buying it. Uh-oh. Yeah. Not, Tell me why. Not buying it. No, and, and it's a multitude of things. Number one, this is a program that's been struggling the last couple of years with the number one player in the draft at quarterback, Bryce Young. And yet we see in the last couple of years, four or five games each season coming down to the final play. Yeah, they could have won those two games they lost a year ago. But I'm here to tell you they could have lost three, four games because they, they beat Texas on basically the final play, beat Texas A&M on the final play. Now you're downgrading significantly at that position, in my, in my opinion. Uh, they're just not buttoned up. Turnovers, penalties, stuff that they used to do always, they're not doing. Uh, so Alabama, to me, I've faded them win total and also in the game of the year market. And Alabama's been uh, year in, year out. They're, you know, 11 wins this year. They're not 11 wins. Uh, 10, 10 and a half for Alabama. So the markets are telling us that. So of all these numbers, Brad, what stands out to you? One that's still available at the current number that our audience can get involved with. Give one bettable opinion for them and tell folks where they can find you. Yeah, this is a week one game. I don't want you to hold up your money too long there of the win totals. An interest-free loan for the books. They get enough from the people. So let me get you a week one game. I think this line closes 10. We're going to lay seven and a half. Now, you're probably going to be scared. I don't want to lay the hook with a favorite. I'm telling you it's going to close 10. Cal minus seven and a half. I already told you why I like Cal. I'm also very anti-North Texas, not only because they got a you know, first-year new head coach, but they lost three significant starters post-spring. Where did those players go to? Two of them went to Auburn. One of them went to Arkansas, and they expect those guys to be starters for SEC programs there. So significant talent loss post-spring for North Texas. Buy on California, lay the seven and a half. Love it. Where do they find you? They find me, Brad Power 7 on Twitter. And uh, that's the best place to find me with all the stuff that I do and different podcasts and whatnot. That's the easiest way to find my info. Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. And if you listen to this show and you don't respect Brad Powers <laughs> and the work he's done already this offseason, well, best of luck to you because – I'm glad I know this guy, and I'm glad I get to pick his brain each and every spring. Brad, thank you so much. Best of luck. We'll talk again in the not-too-distant future. Cover it. We'll continue after this brief commercial. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we're here at the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Listen, if you missed any portion of today's program, if you want to go back and listen to yesterday's MLB slash NBA show that I did with Steve Merrill, you want to go back and listen to me talking with Fezzik, NFL Week 1 from last week, or any show that I've ever done for the Sports Grid Radio Network, it's real simple. Download the podcast version. You can download and consume at your convenience. All you have to do Search wherever you download your podcast. We're on all the major podcast outlets, pretty much all the minor podcast outlets, too. All you got to do is search Cover It or Cover It with Teddy Covers. You'll get the notification every time. Again, two shows a week, one for Saturday, one for Sunday. You'll get them both at the same time. You'll get them early, and obviously, you'll have the ability to consume at your convenience. I encourage you to take advantage of the podcast version of Cover It with Teddy Covers. 
Most shows, I leave you guys with a bettable opinion, a free play at the end of the show. I'm not doing that today. Number one, I'm not up for in college football the way Brad Powers is. I don't want to give you guys a bad opinion. Number two, he just gave you a great bet, Cal minus seven and a half against North Texas before the break, a line that he says is going to close 10 or higher. And number three, there's something else I wanted to talk about here, and that has everything to do with college football win totals. I talked about this last year right on this very show, and I wanted to do it again because it's important. In the NFL, the team's lined at 10 wins versus 9.5 wins. It's worth approximately 45 cents worth of juice to go 9.5 over versus 10 to the under. So it makes it fairly easy to say which of the two is a better bet. 45 cents worth of difference, 50 cents worth of difference. And you can see an over 10 minus 120 is better than an over 10.5 minus or even money, let's say. You know, over 10 minus 130 would be better than over 10 and a half. In college football, half a win can be worth like 100 cents. <laughs> be worth a dollar or more, especially on the outlier totals, the highest and the lowest totals. So be aware, the juice is different how much each half win is worth for NFL and college. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the games, and best of luck all weekend long. Thanks for listening.